Welcome everyone to the Nordic Keyforge podcast. I am Zaramis and with me we have uh, Jason the captain and uh, Alger Nonr Carl. Hello. Hey Simon, how you going? It's going really really well. I am recording this uh, from a secret location in Denmark for a special scouting mission on their Keyforge scene. And um, so far it's uh, they they're hiding really well. Yeah, I thought all the key frogs were were gone. We we don't know. We uh, mm. it's, uh, it's legends speak of a prophecy about yeah. the return of the Danish keyforge scene <laughs> at some point. Okay, good luck on your mission. Um, we might also be joined by uh, Linus Linusu, as he calls himself these days, uh, form the artist formerly known as Mister K-pop. <laughs> Uh, yes, we, we've got to refer to him as Lenusu now as well, don't we? Yeah, I, I suppose. He's no he longer Mr. K-pop. So uh, he might be joining us, but uh, we will uh, we will see if he does. You, by the time you listen to this, uh, you, some of us will know if he did or not. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start off with our usual segment, our week in Keyforge. <laughs> Come, you know what it's called, Simon. Fortnite, Fortnite. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, starting off with you, Jason. How has your Fortnite been? I had so many hopes last Thursday, um, <laughs> with being quite far into competitions, and then it turned very quickly into Captain's Keyforge woes. And lost both of those important games even before I could release the episode. So by the time the episode came out, hearing about my big, um, my big hopes for the reversal oh. cup and the oh, best no. of three arc on KFPL, I uh, I'd lost them both. Um, the actually by a small margin, actually, the reversal one was a very close game. But the I've never played a more disgustingly unsynchronized deck in my life <laughs> i love reversal oh it's mario cappy's deck and it was just like what is this even trying to do here like he had more ember control than me he had more but then i was just like well there is nothing happening here it was had nine ember generation and i was just there was no way i was getting anything so um he 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 took that one was that the minimum um, 70 or was it the... Uh, this is the straight, um, straight, straight reversal yeah. as well. So I actually the um, I actually lost with the deck which you beat, Simon, in the Swindle reversal that when we played that final oh, yeah. beforehand. And I, I, I played your deck with zero Ember control. Oh, that, that's such a beauty of a deck. It has seven cards that stun... Anyone who reaps, <laughs> including my own de- my own side, yeah. and has zero, literal zero Ember control. Yeah. Yeah. I might get into a bit nice. more reversal, actually, because I've got over 100 um, Worlds Collide bulk decks uh, just behind me here. So, the problem uh, with Worlds Collide for reversal, speaking as a reversal expert here, is that they usually have Brobnar, and Brobnar has creatures, and you don't want that in reversal. So what you're saying is Brobnar is... Rose Clyde Brobner is useful for nothing. Not even reversal. Not even reversal, because a big creature in reversal is very good. That's why AOA, Mars, and Dis are like the stars of this, because they have all these creatures that stun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
That's so true. So like you true. Want, yeah. You want three ember imps, and then you want the board wipes that only work if you have no creatures. They're yeah. also like, uh, even if they have ember, that's the bad part about them. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want those as your only like creature control. Then you want sanctum with hallowed shields. Lots of them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Then um, the other game I played was uh, it was best of three Archon and I was like, okay, I need some more fire. So Karen Brown lent me one of her absolutely top decks, uh, Pro- Professor Essa, the epic quest deck. And I was really enjoying it in practice. I, I went like seven for two or something in the time that I had for practice. <laughs> and then turn one, my opponent in the first game sets out Annihilation Ritual. Oh, lovely. Which is not good against Epic Quest. Lots of um, Epic Questing being done right there. Yeah. And I'm, oh, my goodness. I was just like, what? Well, because I've, I've got some, a lot of recursion. There's a lot bit of recursion in that deck and trying to pull stuff out of, um, you know. Of hell, of, of being annihilated. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's even if you can cycle your deck, you could even maybe pull off Epic Quest twice. Um, but I just had to pull back. If, if, if for hope of winning, I had to hold back all my knights. But since this stuff. is a podcast about positive attitude, we're going to leave Jason and his woes and go over to someone who surely <laughs> has great news. When but I've still got ten it. minutes of woes. No, I'm joking. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's a time period. But we have a longer segment today, so we can't do your do your twenty minute of self analysis. Algon honor. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. do you have to tell us and knowing what you're going to say now i find my introduction to it even better <laughs> yeah as you know i haven't been playing a lot so <laughs> i i don't have that much to to add i am still in the kfpl um triad thing it's not triad it's better mr free archon um i'm still in it but i haven't played my game uh, this week maybe i'm late not sure and i'm also still in the reversal uh, Min SAS uh, seventy in the NKFL server. Oh, what are you What are you using there? Tell us about what what crappy deck you. <sighs> well, I have to. That was a heavy sigh. Check. Yeah, because I don't really recall. I actually brought just two unplayed decks that looked like really bad for seventy SAS. And they two have AOA they have delivered. And yeah, they have delivered. Uh, so so far, I've used. Um, uh, deck with uh, three full moons, so that's quite good, uh, maybe. Uh, a Nepseed, so potentially a four full moon turn. Uh, but then just two Dusk Witch and the Glimmer <laughs> uh, in Untamed. Uh, it does have some, um, like it has 10 pips, uh, but only 2.2 Ember Control and uh, expected Ember of 30. But the full moons count as nine for that, which is far from the truth. So, yeah, it has been doing very well, I suppose, or very bad, <laughs> badly. Um, but last uh, last game I played versus Gungnir, he actually pulled off the full moons uh, somewhat. He um, got more value than I've ever seen with the deck. So, a bit yeah, of a high moon and alpha is a known combo. Um, Sorry, what did, what's that? Full Moon and Alpha on the Glimmer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think my second deck, which I haven't even played yet, uh, I think that is way 
better or worse for even worse yeah yeah so i i have i don't have that high hopes for for the rest of the the cup but uh, we'll see wait better or worse for whom so you don't think it i don't think well i will win um, oh i see yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, here's a, a small tip for everyone as well who is looking for great reversal decks out there. Uh, you want few creatures, and you don't want any creature control. You want the deck to not be able to clear any good creatures that come out. Um, but yeah, yeah, my Forge Knight has been amazing. It's possibly been one of my most fun and great weeks of keyforge that i've had since i started this game and it all came down to uh worlds collide sale and finally uh, meeting the person i probably played the most keyforge with uh with uh, wick or gunnar um he decided to come down to gothenburg and we arranged a massive worlds collide tournament together just was it, wait was that the first time you, you met him yeah We've wow. played like every week and we've uh, often stuck together in the divisions. He even knows some of my real life friends from before. Uh, and this was the first time we met up. And what we did was we brought seven displays of Worlds Collide each. <laughs> spread out 186 decks, I think it is, on a table. Then we had 30 minutes to look at all 186 decks and get an idea of, of uh, what to do. And after that, we drafted a lineup of 16 decks, of which two had to have Brobnar. And then we played a, a single elimination tournament where we tried to match my lineup against his as much as possible. And uh, the winner of that entire tournament got the first pick of all the decks that we had put out. So you, we fought for the right to pick decks first. Nice. And we played from 10 or so, or we started choosing decks at 10 in the morning, and we finished the last game around 2 a.m. That's <laughs> impressive. Um, Getting that many games in in that short time. Yeah, so it's... And was the Brobnar decks the last picks for, for both no, of you? Uh, no, they were not. We had some actually really good Brobnar decks. Uh, my best Brobnar deck could archive its Brobnar really fast. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. <laughs> yes, double E-Die, Tauta Vapors, double uh, Knowledge is Power. So it also got profit from archiving. Mm. <laughs> oh, I love the E-Die Knowledge is Power. But uh, I must say that opening so many decks and doing it in such a structured fashion, it was just so much fun. And we didn't uh, scan any of them, so we didn't know the SAS of any of them. Uh, we just went in this 30 minutes. Like The fact that we had a limited amount of time to try to like create a lineup was uh, also amazingly fun. Uh, just hanging out, making food, uh, playing, seeing how the decks perform, which one won. And when you opened that many decks, the fact that some boxes had a lot of Brobnar didn't matter as much because we had so many decks that looked great. Like yeah. so many fun decks. Mm. Uh, and some, like I could put together a whole lineup for next NKFL season if I wanted to just from decks from this opening. Hmm. Uh, nice. And some really unique ones as well that you normally mm. might not have looked at, but since we played 16 decks each, it wasn't the usual, like, you open a box, you scan them, you see if any of them is, like, 80 SAS or 75 mm. SAS. 
or look very special and all the rest sort of go unlooked at. So now we, in the top 16, we had maybe eight decks each that were traditional top decks that just like, yeah, they stood out as really great. And then you started to have to look for decks that had other things going for them instead. And even so, we managed to miss like six decks or something that were all around 80 or uh, or oh. there after everything was done. We'd like scanned yeah. all the others. Hmm. And also a big highlight, of course, apart from some of the really unique decks that we opened, is that when we scanned all the decks afterwards, I saw the number 101 pop up on the screen in the decks of Keyforge. Wow. And I just said, Gunnar, look here. And he looked at the screen and was like, huh? And then it's like, oh. Because, <laughs> yeah. And that was not a deck that had done that well. Uh, if anyone wants to buy it really expensively from me, like <laughs> it did great, it won the entire tournament. But for everyone else, it didn't do that great. <laughs> But so so you um, you picked it before you knew this as like you drafted it. No, uh, we actually or... we played the tournament, then scanned, then drafted the decks that we actually picked. Ah, I okay. wanted to pick them without the SAS, but mm. Gunnar uh, felt that at two a.m. in the morning he didn't have the the mental uh, faculties to analyze the decks properly, ah, so he wanted to see the SAS. Yeah, but okay. it was picked as number five or something like that. Mm. Right. Uh, and we joked afterwards that. He didn't understand why he didn't pick it, like has his second the, the his deck number four and five or so. Mm. But then but, I said, well, I didn't pick it as my second and third choice either, so yeah. both of us didn't pick it. But Keyforge is such a personal game in in the thing like you and and Anders, a Martian dog. He was was he talks a lot about this as well that you do gain that kind of bond with some of your decks. Like definitely, if you definitely. really enjoy playing with a certain deck or playing with a certain thing you know if you enjoy something in your little tournament then okay you want to make sure that you're going to get those five decks those four decks yeah nearly all of the decks we picked were decks that we had also drafted for our lineup because mm. of this like bond yeah exactly them and we took them like as far as we could get in the tournament of course i wanted those decks as my mm. decks yeah i had already gotten this identity of being my deck yeah yeah and it's like you can't change them they 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 are that they you love them as they come and they are yeah they they're yours because you played yeah. them first in a way but i will wrap this up but it was a lot of fun and uh opening 101 sas deck is one in uh, 160,000 decks that's uh that's interesting the deck that won we hope we will see in the league i will not tell you about it because it's extremely unique uh and that would be a bit of a spoiler what it does but i hope that gunnar will bring it and that it does well in testing as well but it won the tournament so so like for the first one you when you picked your lineup uh how did you do that was that like a snake draft or how did uh, you... that one we didn't do snake we just did uh uh, every other deck because it was so not seeing sas and having 100 all 180 to pick from it yeah. was uh we didn't think we would have much of an advantage to have the first pick so yeah. so we just did every other deck but did um, you feel like uh, a lot of his picks was once you were gonna pick and he did just pick them before you or did you actually go the for different stage there was just so much to look at and so many things yeah. we almost helped each other to find the good the good decks uh, to pick for that stage. Ah, okay. Yeah. But he won the the tournament. Uh, 
Mm. In the top four, there were three of his decks and one of mine, and uh, his made mm. it out. Did you find any fun anomalies? Anomalies? Not really. Uh, we no. had a Brobnar deck with lateral shift and some other mm. uh, weirdos. <sighs> They're always in Brobnar. Yeah, That's my experience. Really <laughs> it's like a magnet for for cool yeah. anomalies. <laughs> 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 just trying to do anything they can to make Brobnar better yeah, not like the <laughs> ghost form Edai that I sold a while ago it's like the good cup bad cup keyboard deck version Yeah. Yes. but mentioning that I want to see that deck actually brings us on to our main topic for today it is time for the big Nordic Keyforge League wrap up and retrospective among the podcast hosts yeah, uh, season nineteen has wrapped up. There's nineteen seasons of the Nordic Keyforge League in the Hexad format that has taken the world by storm and is keeping Keyforge alive and kicking. Um, really is. I feel like we've we we we've, we've kind of collected in the majority of the online community so far. <laughs> well, I, I see a lot of other people still in in some yeah. of the. Uh, national communities and so on but the league is enormous now yeah. and it really has coalesced a lot of the competitive community into one place and i actually spoke about this in swindle today about how it's both like a bad thing and a good thing that something like this happens but it's very common in communities that at the start of a game there's a lot of different small very local initiatives that they have organic growth and Unless that organic growth continues, and for obvious reasons it didn't for Keyforge, something that gets big enough will suddenly start just swallowing up a lot of other initiatives because of the sheer size becomes an attraction in itself. The fact that 80 of the best players are already playing here will mean that other good players won't say, oh, but I'm going to join this thing with 10 players. No, they will join the big thing because it already mm. has the history it has the activity and the critical mass of competitive players. And that has meant that, for good or ill, a lot of it has been concentrated in the NKFL during this hiatus and this startup phase of uh, Ghost Galaxy. And we hope, everyone hopes, that Ghost Galaxy will bring back life to many of the smaller scenes as well. Yeah. Uh, but right now, the NKFL has become, like whether it wanted to or not, uh, one of the main or the main possibly like, place for competitive Keyforge play. And that being said, how has season 19 been, us, been for us? I'm going to start with you, Carl. How, how was your season? We talked last time about preparation for it or a couple mm. of episodes ago. How did it go? How, how was, did the lineup perform? Tell us about it. Um, so I actually had a lot of fun this season. More fun than I've had, uh, I guess, since I won the league. Uh, that, se- that season was fun as well. But uh, yeah, it has been a lot of fun to play versus mainly new people. A lot of uh, lot of players I haven't played before, which is always great. And also it has been a season full of uh, surprises for me. Like my expectations have been reversed, sort of in how I perform versus certain players, uh, not to mention Jason, but uh, yeah, others as well. Um, Tune into uh, the episode before last to um, find out about that one. If you haven't listened to it, do listen. <laughs> um, yeah, and my, I guess my decks have been performing 
like expected the the decks I thought were was going to be banned has been banned in uh, pretty much all games I think what was your overall result tell us about the mm, yeah so so I I got third missed um, promotion by one spot in what division did you play I played in silver gamma so like right in the middle uh, Mm -hmm. of the hierarchy and I played versus um, uh, Joker and Dinobot, those uh, came uh, came in before me at 13 wins and 8 losses, and I got in at 12 wins and 9 losses, so just just outside promotion. Uh, but we were quite a, quite a lot of players, uh, very very close in my division, so it was exciting right until the end. Actually, and going into the last week, because I was in the same uh, division as Algonon, as we all know, uh, going into the last week places um two to five all had 10 wins we're all tied on 10 wins um with dinobot on 11 um and so it really could have been you know anyone could have got up and actually boomerang had a chance um to stay up as well and one of those people go down uh, so it was yeah. so tight. But what was did, the did you, highlight did you play season? versus him? Oh. Uh, we haven't actually got our game in yet because it's difficult to do midweek games in a um when he's in EST yeah. time zone. Yeah, well. but so I think he still has a bit. chance actually. Yes, if he wins, if he beats me three nil, um, three nil, three nil. Yeah, he yeah. has a chance. It can if, happen. Actually, Sizox Sizox did ask me about this if we're going to play the game, and I did tell him, and I, I don't want to say I will burn my decks if I lose three 0 Oh, classic shredder. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. But yeah. uh, Carl, what was the highlight, uh, like match of the the season for you? Um, I think the playing with the two guys that got promoted was the most fun because I expected. Um, uh, Losses, or I expected worse results than I got. Uh, but I won, like, went 5 1 versus those guys. So that's good, I guess. Uh, but then I lost uh, versus pretty much everyone below me in the table. 1 2. <laughs> that is very interesting. Except, except one, one person uh, that I managed to get a big win versus. But, like, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Lost, what uh, went versus... right and what went wrong? In the why, was there anything about the decks themselves, or was it just luck, or or what is your analysis of why it ended up that way? You know, this, this season I haven't really had much time to analyze. I've I've played less, uh, like beside the um, NKFL, than I usually do, and uh, I haven't really analyzed what went wrong. Uh, I guess, um, I mean. <sighs> People, people in in silver have very good decks now. Like a lot of players I I faced yeah. have uh, very very strong decks, and um, even if it's in the middle of the table, uh, I don't think my lineup is that much like better that uh, I, I should expect to win. Um, and then it comes down to a lot of like matchups, uh, but I can't do any like general uh, analysis of. Uh, uh, if there was a specific meta that my lineup didn't, yeah. So there was there was no very clear archetypes that they had that the others didn't or anything like that. No, I, I no. 
not that I could see. So then it of course comes down to uh, the secret tricks of uh, beating uh, good decks. You you simply focus more and you're like, yeah, mm. channel your uh, your king killer instincts. Yeah, but like overall, I'm just <laughs> happy with my results anyway. Like twelve nine with versus uh, these players, uh, I feel good about that. Uh, that is a very good result. Um, do you are you planning on making any big changes? How is uh, the how yeah, are your thoughts after the season? Was there some one deck that like disappointed that you're definitely throwing out, or are you changing everything up, or what are your initial thoughts going? Nah, towards... At this point, I'm very like confident in my in my lineup, but I, I usually switch out a deck or two. Now I just sold one of my uh, decks that I've been using for several seasons, so I will definitely make some kind of change, but probably just uh, that single deck, I think. There was no huge letdown among the decks that they just no, didn't no, That's it was really good. fairly Not like mine, yeah. But like two of my decks were banned, uh, first and second, like in every single game, pretty much. And the other four had very similar, similar uh, results, yeah, ranging between like 50% wins to 67% wins. So, no real outliers there. Nice, nice to hear. But uh, you, Jason, you played in the same division as Carl. Yeah. How, how was that for like the first question? How was it for both of you to play against a fellow uh, podcast host? I know me and Carl <laughs> used to be in the same division a lot, but uh, Jason, you're not as used to being uh, in the same division as us. Yeah. No, it was really, it was really good because I've been spending more focus on the lower divisions in the previous seasons, and so after Carl's experiment last season, he decided to join me down. Um, well, I see you came down when I came. I actually got promoted last season, so that was a lot of fun. And I think it was very fun playing against Carl this season because I think the win against Carl was my highlight of this season. And I had so much confidence after that game. And I probably got a little bit too cocky. (laughs) A little bit too confident after that win. Because uh, since after that win, when I was kind of like in the promotion zone, um, I took a uh, a 2-1 loss. Uh, 2-1 loss, 3-0 loss. Uh, <laughs> my last, uh, it game. went downhill from there. Yeah. It really I'm did go downhill. I'm glad to have given you that there. experience at least. Happy yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, some of these, some of the matchups, I kind of went in thinking like, okay, like my lineup versus three decks in the 90s and the SAS and we're talking decks where they just had answers. They had outs everywhere. It was very easy. It was very hard to find the good matchups um, against my, my lineup where I'm kind of seeing some irregularities with my lineup and some things, which I don't really like. Um, But it was, I kind of went into some matchups feeling, okay, this is going to be an inevitable three nil. Um, and actually, some of them were only two, two nil, uh, two one. So you know, I did get one back and did go better than expected. Well, was, was this a case of like mistakes you made when choosing deck, or did you just have the best possible 
Like, uh, ba- are you talking about my lineup? Yeah, in the lineup, was it like a lineup thing that it just wasn't good enough decks, or was it uh, flaws in how you approached uh, your lineup? Could I you think have done something different. I guess I'm asking. Yeah, I think I could have. I mean, my strategy was very um, board focused with Ember Control. Um, and actually Joker, um, he, he kind of, he, he beat me three nil in with three dark tidings decks, which was like, what? But he went for three dark tidings decks, which were very, um, rush, rush focused, very quick, high, high expected ember. Um, and he was just like, well, you know, your decks are good, but they need to set up. And I was like, yeah, they do because I enjoy playing and I enjoy setting them up. And he, by the time I could set anything up, he was already on two keys and in check for his third. So I, I went board heavy, um, for that, but I'm kind of wondering if I need to change and actually have a big, a very, a clearer strategy and maybe not just picking my best decks, but picking decks going to to some kind of strategy maybe maybe some quicker decks maybe i need to kind of go on the rush um the rush yeah, or at least if you're playing train. board have i've found that there are two keys to playing board sorry for a small uh, deck strategy comment. yeah yeah no this this is this is this is all good analysis analytics uh so either you need a deck that is so fast that it can really overwhelm we were it isn't a matter of setting up, but rather you are set up after two turns already. You, your setup uh, is, yeah, just just so efficient that they don't have time to do the rushing. They need to start dealing with your board immediately. Mm. They can't first do their thing, and then when you've set up, they are already so ahead. Um, and. The other alternative is to have really good scaling ember control so that you can punish those decks that try to get ahead while continuing to build the board. It can be things like delay that that are like uh, uh, Anthony uh, and things that just stop the, the momentum a bit. Or it can be the tribute exile. It can be the swings, the ember swings. Yeah, yeah. Say, I will continue building. And also you do, you can't get ahead just yet. Uh, I'm just re- receiving some results here, by the way, that we might have uh, our uh, other guest coming in during his uh, birthday stream. Linus, who might be here for his uh, seasonal uh, recap. Excellent. Looking ah, forward nice. to that one. Looking forward to that. Uh, so he might be joining us very soon here. Yeah. Um, until then, yeah. so you're, you're thinking you will uh, recreate some things. Did any decks underperform a lot? or? Uh... No, I think I... I got a couple of bad matchups in some, but then I think I think there were there were two or three where actually I planned the matchups and they went well, even though I lost. I lost very, um, very narrowly, or I won very narrowly. But I I, I planned and I got those matchups that I wanted. Other times, um, like my board control, my my creature control deck. Um, just didn't do what it needed to do, um, or it got 
banned when I really, really needed it. I think my my three reclaimed by nature deck. That is um, why they ban it. If you if you look at their lineup and say, "Hmm, I yeah, really exactly. need the one board control deck I have," then they usually <laughs> see that as well. Exactly, exactly. So that one I didn't get as much play with as I wanted to, and one deck I didn't play at all, basically because I didn't trust it enough yet. Um, okay. It was a deck that I put in. It did okay last season, but I put another deck in that was better. Um, but I think when I came to the truth between the two, I was like, okay, I'm going to go with this one because this it deals with whatever it is there. Yeah. So basically, I I, I I I went for I could have just gone for a five deck lineup again this season. Ah, uh, yeah, I know okay. that feeling. I yeah. my my story this season is yeah. similar. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's time to move on to the yeah yeah. So how did how did yours? I but if if I, I haven't actually said this yet. If people are wondering, I have been relegated down to bronze this oh, season. Yes. Even with my last game, there's no hope of of getting back unless I can win five games against. <laughs> um, and actually, boomerang. But and actually, before you you continue, Simon is going to yeah. make a shout out for Dinobot who has been streaming. Uh, his games this uh, is in our division he has been yeah. streaming his uh, games and also made really nice edited versions to put up on youtube and that has been a highlight as well for me to to see his yeah. uh, videos and uh, watching the matches in uh, afterwards yep definitely and uh, i i can say the same about some of my matches as well the the streamers that are streaming nkfl a yeah. big shout out to all of you to um, Astron, to Murph, to Dinobot, to Xoc, to all so, of you. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's there's more of you as well. Uh, and uh, it's really, really cool to be able to watch these high competitive games with commentary and mm. uh, both from yourselves and those uh, that have streamed uh, some of the bigger games sometimes. But my season, before we go way too long, it was, uh, in many ways, a disappointment. I had some decks I really wanted to bring in. I wanted to try a board-heavy Flood lineup, but I was one or two decks short of having the quality I wanted. And my work had just started stacking up at the la- around Send-In, so I just took two of the decks that had done well in the past. Uh car keys which worked well with the idea of the lineup but also yog the tricky that was just an old old deck that did well in a solo tournament so i just thought okay let's include it and it was uh it's been a catastrophe from the start to finish i mean i got quite a few wins and the same deck or decks were banned each time but in the end i had two decks that lost almost every single game they played and then one deck one half deck that won the games they played. So normally I won one game and then lost two. That was uh, the standard uh, procedure for me. And uh, I had some very fun games. I enjoyed it a lot, but it was very clear that I didn't have time to prepare, didn't really have time to look at the decks beforehand. So I am being relegated to silver, where I will uh, hopefully uh, have a more relaxed time I uh, might do some big changes to my lineup. And most of all, I hope to have the time to do that prep that I like to do so much when I have time to do it. So, uh, but uh, Jorg the Tricky and Car Keys, I think you've uh, joined me for the last time in NKFL. I need bigger and uh, stronger guns to handle the 
<laughs> level of enemies that we're facing now. And I hope that uh, this uh, tournament that we had will uh, will give me some of those tools. So you will see. Uh, and if you see that 101 SAS deck, you can safely let me play it because then I've only included it so, to intimidate people. And not <laughs> or can we? Or is this oh, just yeah. it's just the way of you trying to sell it? <laughs> that, that might be it. Maybe it's just a very sneaky way of letting uh, of having me play it anyway. Yeah. But yeah. that being said, it was still a very fun division. I played in uh, gold beta, uh, and uh, it was quite exciting. Uh, in the end, we had uh, some. Uh, potential like advancements um people that uh, didn't expect it uh pirate as he's called or astron he thought he had gotten relegation then ended up with the exact same key difference the same amount of losses and mm. it was down to a very obscure uh, the third tiebreaker or something like that that determined whether he or lord alatar got to stay in uh, gold so that was very tight and he was so so sad when he lost his last game, zero uh, three to Beijing. Yeah, yeah. So, he, uh, he 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 got through on keys forged forty two. Yeah, total to keys forged. Total, exactly. total keys forged. Every key counts in the NKFL. Yep, and uh, but um, I am looking forward to season twenty. I hope to finish a big solo tournament that is uh, leading up to that. But I will now be going through some of the other results and some shout-outs to those great heroes that have done better than any of the podcast hosts. First, we must mention, <laughs> I think, uh, the performance of Hydro, who uh, managed to stay in gold. He played in gold alpha uh, with 14-7 uh, as uh, his results. And then we have Gungnir also in gold alpha with 4 and 17 with minus 22 key difference. We're very sad to see that. And uh, we hope to hear what went wrong for uh, our brave champion, the Keyforge podcast. That's so oh. That's so harsh. Like everyone on 14 to 7. It's almost like not much could have got, probably went wrong. It was just... Yeah. A little bit short. Wow. And now we're going to hear from uh, Linusu how uh, his season went. So my season went uh, like a roller coaster. I had sold a couple of my best decks and I knew my lineup would be somewhat weaker compared to my last lineup that I had. I decided to go a bit DT and see how DT would be, you know, how it would be able to handle gold alpha division lineups. Sadly, because of my lineup, I was quite easy to be banned. Uh, usually there were only one or two decks that always kind of got banned and that made it quite easy for my opponents to play around obviously then again i knew which decks usually would get banned and i tried to play around that but the quality of my lineup was just too weak 
I personally am happy how I played my season. I don't remember that I would have done any big play mistakes. So that's something positive out of my season. And man, the deck that I really wished, hoped that would work would, was the Simon the Foolishly Tricky, the DT deck. It's so close to be a deck that works, just is just a bit too clunky. And that's kind of sad. But I need to be happy with what I have. I, however, the other deck that I had, the other DT, actually the last mother, last mother's Mark Tiger, that did really well, and I, I had a good time with with that deck, and I enjoyed playing it a lot. Overall, I I lost games that I shouldn't have, and that was kind of because of bad matchups. Like overall games that I, should, I think they, they were similar that I could have won. However, most of the people that I played against played also super well, so that was super fun. Mm, my most memorable moment was against JDG, who actually won our uh, group, and I actually beat him. And all those three games were super tight, super like the best keyforge that you can just imagine compared to like Karen which was just total smacks back and forth I won one and lost two and that wasn't the most fun but I kind of knew that those matchups and though the lineup that she had would would put me in a kind of bad position Hydra played well he banned correctly as, as he always does I think something that I need to think about is how to really try to create a lineup that is hard to ban. Something that is balanced. So that's kind of like kind of my take from this season. I am excited to play again. This time in silver. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of decks and lineups people have there. Um something else that I would like to say. Good luck to all of you who are going to play in gold and diamond and all of you who are going to meet me in silver. I am excited to play Keyforge. It's always fun. And by the way, be classy. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to record that for us, Linusu. And... Uh... However it went, since I'm recording this, I don't know what you actually said. I hope it went great. And we will see your results soon as I go down the tables of the entire uh, MKFL. Of course, starting up in Diamond Division, where it came down to some real exciting times. For a while, it looked like Dick Rowland was going to take it all, our famous uh, German uh, player who has been uh, crushing and stomping with amazing decks. And uh, and it looked uh, quite dominating. And uh, the second player in Diamond, Christoph, did not go off to a strong start. He lost his uh, first two matches. And, 
everything looked very bleak with a 2-4. But then, as any good story goes, he turned it around and slowly climbed back up with a 3-0, 3-0, and it all came down to his last matchup. Uh, he, there was very little chance that he would get the first spot, but uh, it was still potential to be in the top three. And then he managed to win 3-0 over the last season's champion, Lorenzo, 99, in some amazing games that I had the privilege of watching, uh, including one with the most obnoxious Kota deck that I've ever seen. If you ever face it, you will learn to fear the card Keyhammer, the card that no one ever thought they would be fearing in a deck. (laughs) But it's a crucial card in that deck. It's really beautiful. Then... Another big, really impressive showing from Not Tonight, who with decks that are significantly lower in SAS, uh, and but masterfully played, she crushed it and took the third position in the Diamond Division, staying there and uh, continuing to uh, like mm. really play beautiful games of Keyforge. So that's our top three with Dick Rowland, Christoph. And not tonight. You have any comments, Jason? Yeah, I'm just not not tonight being up there. I mean, she's an absolutely brilliant player, and I'm just I'm quite pleased that she's staying up in Diamond because then she's nowhere near trolling me anymore. Yeah, um, you don't have to uh, endure yeah, the exactly. She's you know I, I I'm I'm very happy to stay out of her division. Do you, re- do you recognize this segment from playing not tonight? Not tonight or. Or Nick on TCO plays Drummernaut. Drummernaut <laughs> returns <laughs> Ganger Chieftain to the hand. Plays Ganger Chieftain, readies and fights with. <laughs> yeah, a <Yeah>. little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was you really the... know, like, the, the competition is being so fierce when you see, like, the two finalists from last season, Lorenzo and Queld, um, finishing fifth and sixth, going down to golds. As well as J. Philippeg and Sysox. Yeah, Sysox, the multi-champion year after year in the NKFL when it was only Swedes, is now last place in Diamond. As Carl said, Lorenzo, the champion, Kvall, the finalist, J. Philippeg, all really, mm. really good players with great decks, and they're being relegated to gold. I am happy that I'm going to silver. Let's put it like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. actually, now that we have mentioned seven out of the eight people in Diamond, we should probably say Emperor Rico went fourth. <laughs> yes, yeah. my teammate in Swindle, Emperor Rico, stays in Diamond. Uh, really impressive showing there. So Diamond Division has been so tight and so good. Moving on to Gold Alpha, where we also have an incredibly tight top four with four players at 14 to 7. <laughs> And top both the top players having uh, 19 in uh, key difference. And once again, the top two is uh, determined on total keys forged. So JD, JDJ314 in the top. And the Swindle teammate Karen in number two going up to Diamond to fight it out with those scary, scary decks. Mm. Hyper and Hydro and Spymaster remaining K-pop, Gugnir, and Stoffson being relegated to silver. In gold beta, the winner and the top two are Gorlami and Xok going up to diamond. 
and Bajan Strussel and uh, or St. Russell uh, and Pirate staying in gold. Lord Alatar, myself, and TV Shop, the Swedish crew, are going down to silver. And it will look like uh, good old times with Swedes down there. Yeah, the era of the Swedes is over in the higher divisions. It definitely is. <laughs> we'll have zero Swedes in the diamond and almost none in the gold. Hydro staying strong. Yeah, and Sysox uh, joining him there. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> podcast party in silver level next year then. Yep. Yep. In uh, Silver Alpha, the top two were JT Russell and Aurora, who are going up to gold. The others are staying in silver or going down to bronze. In Silver Beta, we have Yusavu and uh, my friend Vic or Gunnar going up to gold. And in Silver Gamma... Or actually, is that uh, we have Danielle oh. at 12 and 6. Yeah. So I think he has the potential to... Oh, maybe it's uh, it... not finished yet. That's yeah. true. And Danielle yes, has very right. good I think he's, he's I think likely to, to take one of the spots, actually. That actually is entirely true because of the key difference. Sorry about that, listeners. Daniela 90RM looks like uh, will most likely be at least winning one game against the bottom-placing uh, person in that uh, Silver Beta division. Uh, and we'll probably take Wick's spot in gold. So we'll probably have Josavo and Daniela unless something uh, unstatistical happens. Yep. Yeah. And in Silver Gamma, we have Jolker41 and Dinobot going up to gold with our friends, uh, or Algernon, our friend Algernon being <laughs> staying in silver and then the captain being relegated to bronze. And Jason, how are the bottom divisions? There's a, lots of them. I, I'm used to bronze being the lowest, but yeah, we. I mean, that's the thing. This season, because we were 120 um, players, which is I still absolutely incredible that we're so much. I think we've we hit 100 really for season 20 already, which is just yeah. great. Bronze alpha. Um, we had bronze, we had iron, and then we had a clay alpha as well. Cool, yeah. So in Bronze Alpha, um, we have Easy Gleaner and Beehawk. Um, they will be going up to Silver, and then Lord Olaf has a chance to get up uh, into Silver with a uh, with a playoff there. Uh, going over to Bronze Beta, uh, Stoico, um, Stoicho, Stoicho, I think that's a, an Italian uh, name. I think he goes up 19 wins and two losses, which is a very wow. impressive thing. Key difference yeah. 31. That's huge. That's really well played. Yeah. And uh, the Magic Duck. Um, I really hope this guy is an actual magician. But anyway, he goes, so he goes up to uh, with 16 wins. And then Lardan um, 7 uh, has a playoff position there to hopefully go up to silver. Bronze Gamma. Um, we have uh, Lord Judo um, taking the top spot, and then uh, Swindle teammate Murph uh, also goes up to um, Silver, takes the automatic promotion stuff, and uh, Duke uh, Duk um, he is taking the playoff position there, um, so he could be seen in Silver. 
Going over into Bronze Delta, Player Herp and Bone Smacker take the um, promotion spots, and Teev takes the uh, playoff spot there. Going down into Alpha, the four Alpha divisions we have. uh, Iron. Iron? Iron. I think it, I think it's just iron or iron. Yeah, iron divisions, but you said alpha divisions. It's iron alpha. Yeah, yeah, well, I did. So yeah, the alpha divisions. Uh, we have uh, David Papiani um, and Quick Draw uh, almost sharing the top spot um, on sixteen wins, and then Jenna Pona um, on thirteen wins. They will also all be going up to bronze, and then Crusader will take a playoff spot. Uh, in Iron Beta, Philly number one, Rise and Next Gen Gaming uh, will all be promoted to bronze, and Ivaldus um, will take the promotion. It's so cool with all these names that I don't know who they are. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. and like people who are, you know, seeing these, some of these people coming in to the server and be like, yeah, no, I'm quite new to Keyforge. This is great. And they're just kind of getting stuck into this. This is I just so wanted good. to say in here in between that all of you that have been mentioned now and everyone who's not mentioned as well, like, I'm so happy to see the little gold stars saying that yes. you've joined again. You're yep. so welcome. All right. Sorry so for the cool. interruption. That's fine. I could get a breath of air there. Um, yeah. Alvad, uh, Guard, and Rogue Ursa take the Iron Gamma promotion spots. Um, Alvad taking the uh, the uh, title there, and then JK um, 007 uh, goes uh, takes the playoff uh, position, and then Bronze Delta, Iron Delta, sorry, Ashitaka um, wins, and then we have Sith of Agmar and K March. Um, taking permission uh, promotion spots, and then we have Daybar Daba fifty three in the um, the uh, promotion. Sorry, the playoff position there, and then down all the way down in Clay Alpha, the um, pre the the late uh, joiners at the end of uh, just before the season started. We have Gigu and Blighty. Um, going up into bronze um and then we also have actually going straight up into um iron actually depending if we're going to have clay daruk adrian mario Capi, and sun shadow as well and some of these players i've seen them in other servers they are some of the very good players some of these players i haven't like you just said simon i haven't seen these guys um, I've never heard of them and I'm just really happy they're here because new players getting into the game now is just so encouraging. Uh, and I see. encounter new yeah. people on TCO who says they just started the game still. It's uh, yeah. it's pretty interesting and impressive. Leave like Keyforge. Yep. We are running quite late, so uh, we're going to end it here. But uh, thank you so much for following us. Maybe we'll have an episode uh, leading up to the season with when we've done some season prep. And if you're wondering why this season or this episode has a bit of a weird title, it is because we might have something special planned for the missing episode in between. (laughs) Stay tuned for the mysterious actual episode 50. This was Zaramis with the Nordic Keyboard Podcast. And with me, I have Jason the Captain. Good night, everyone. Fortran and Prosper. And I'll get on the
the nights. Bye-bye. Good night, Keeper World. I just, I just would like to say that I, I am currently recording in the middle of the night with two kids sleeping and that's the reason I sound like this. I am super excited and happy, just so you all know. <laughs>